morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. Maybe you're on the internet and good for you if you are because you are getting the best signal. But you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and my amazing, wonderful co-host, Mon, I was going to say, go on. <laughs> Beautiful, oh, amazing, yeah. wonderful, yeah, you. Uh, you know, <laughs> rage-inducing. Rage-inducing. <laughs> uh, Sometimes. Oh, good morning, everyone. How are you all? Oh, well, I'm I'm good. Uh, you know, I know you address the <laughs> listeners. I hope the listeners are well, too. And you can, 0491 is our number if you want to tell us about what's happening in your life. Tell us what's what you're down. grateful for. I'm really curious. I spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm grateful True. for. Yeah, in the well, we talked about it yeah. this morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of just, just jump straight in there because I want to say that I'm super grateful for my sister-in-law, Eliza. She came to visit me at work at the up shop. She spent the whole day with me. We were hanging out and chit-chatting and we baked Nutella brownies together and I took about a million photos of her baby, Montgomery. He's mm. seven months old. So, yeah, I had a really great time with her. What are you grateful for? Are you maybe grateful for someone else who came and visited you at yes, work? Yes, yes. And then the next day, Lawson came and visited me at work, and that was really great too. <laughs> oh, okay. And, he, and I have visual, I have video footage of him um, sitting, uh, playing guitar and singing to me in Korean, which was really cool. <laughs> and he shouted me bubble tea. I'm having a really good work week, actually. If anyone else wants to come visit me at the RTM op shop, please do. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Bring the love. Uh, let's see. I'm grateful. I got to meet with someone yesterday and for the first time sit down and, and give them a Bible study and they were really impressed. Oh, how cool. And they were like, wow, I've, I've just never been able to see. No one's ever been able to explain to me all my life that the Bible actually gives evidence to support the fact yeah. that it was written by God. And he grew up, you know, his father's an Anglican priest. Oh, wow. And he was like, wow, like I can really see clearly that God is working through the scriptures. So Amen. praise the Lord. Coming up in today's show, we're going to be just briefly touching on the lines that have been drawn in Europe, in around the world, and the I- increasing manufacturing of nuclear bombs that's taking place. Very, Very intense and scary stuff. But also we're going to be talking about modern Revivals. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And Monica, yes. you're going to give to us our first clue for the quiz. I sure am, Shazam. Let me pick a really good one. Oh, mm, a nice hard one. Oh, I think we've done that one. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I'll do this one because I like this. <clears throat> what am I? Mm-hmm. With Joseph in charge, Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except this. Ah, okay. There mm. you go. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. What's our prizes for this week? Oh, so delicious. Two a two set of the Revive Cafe cookbooks. So the Revive Cafe is a famous uh, healthy food haven in Auckland, New Zealand, mm. um, and the uh, owner has, I think they're up to like seven. Are they up to like seven cookbooks? I think they're up to like seven I think, cookbooks. I think they've either released volume seven or they're about to release volume eight. Last time we talked to Jeremy Dixon, he's yeah. in the process of releasing it. But he's just a volume. genius with food. Just recipes mm. just flow out of him. But this is the first two in our, in the Revive Cafe cookbook sets. Um, so you've got number one and number two, and they're just these beautiful, brightly colored uh, cookbooks. Um, with just delicious, healthy, vegetarian, plant-based, 
uh, recipes in there with hardly any processed sugars or flours, um, whole grains, just really healthy and delicious stuff. And do you know what? The New Zealanders know all about this, so it's mm. time the Australians cottoned on. Um, so you can we, uh, enter this week to try and win the prize draw on Friday. If you can tell us for 500 points, what am I? With Joseph in charge, Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except this. Mm. Now, you know, you could say we're giving you these cookbooks to try and, you know, fatten you guys up, but we're doing the opposite because these cookbooks are not only incredibly tasty. That's right. But also amazingly healthy and plant-based too. So we, we have thought about you. We want to help you to live your best lives a positively different life hey shout out just quickly before we go into positively different news yeah shout out hewenville tasmania the land of lyle southwell so shout out those guys down there in tassie hanging out with the most expensive trees on the planet as I understand it, right? <laughs> is that what he tells you? Well, hue and pine apparently is like worth the same as gold or something. That's what that's what Lyle said. So it's super expensive. Do you know what's worth more than gold? What? Ounce for ounce? Human hair. That is hectic. I have a lot of that. I grow my own. It's so you don't have that much of it. Well, man, I could make I could make series five. No, you have that. to grow it really, really long before you can cut off and donate it. It's, they sell it to wig makers, and the wig makers require it to be. I know all this because this afternoon I am chopping off my hair. How much? All of it. I'm donating it to the Yellow Peaches. You're Society. shaving your head. Not, not like about here. Like oh, okay, like okay. A, a collarbone. So oh, I lo- for those yeah. of you who can't see me, I can just about sit on my hair, and it's been oh. that way for a while. But I've been um, growing it out so I can donate it to the Yellow Peaches Society because it turns out human. Let me, let me do my good news about this. How about okay. that? Go for so it. So it turns out um, human hair, like I just said, is incredibly expensive. Um, and uh, wig makers, not not only is the hair expensive, but the wig makers' time is very tedious and also mm. costs a lot. And so, you know, little girls who, who contract uh, alopecia uh, disease, they often can't, like their families often can't afford to buy them a wig. So, um, so little kids, you know, running around bold is, is quite traumatic for them. Mm. You know, even for a grown woman, it's quite traumatic to lose your hair because we don't realise how much of our identity is wrapped up in, in our hair mm. until we lose it. And... Um, and the only way that uh, some a lot of them can afford it is if someone donates their hair, but not many people are willing to donate with their hair. Mm. And even if they are, your hair has to be long enough for a wig maker to be able to use it. So it ha- you have to be qu- it has to be quite long before you can actually donate usable hair. So my hair can't be sold because I've dyed it. So if you want to sell your hair, it has to be what they call virgin hair. You can never have dyed it. You can never have permed it. You can have no treatments done to it, like nothing. It has to be completely untouched. Then you can sell it for more than gold, right? Wow. Yeah. But for me, I've dyed it multiple times because I'm going gray. And... um <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Um, and and so I'm I'm I was like, well, what do I do with it? Do I just toss it away? And uh, and it turns out there's a really great group. Let me quickly uh, Google this while I'm talking about it. It's um it's a it's a group that's been started in Australia where they've decided to make sustainable salons. Um, and so they've done like there's a lot of waste that comes like surprising amount of waste that comes out of hair salons. And they've decided, you know what, we can do better than this. We can actually almost recycle everything that comes out of a, mm. out of a salon including the hair and not just the hair that people like myself want to donate but they can also like sweep up the little bits of like you know trimmed hair like your length and uh, and they they donate that as well so you can have what they call hair booms they they um 
they recycle metal, they divert that from landfill, uh, they recycle plastics. There's a lot of plastic because a lot of their products get packaged in plastic and also a lot of paper. So this is the impact that they're having. Uh, if you actually go on the website, I'm looking at it right now called sustainablesalons.org, you can see that they've done, they have like a, a, a tally where they show mm. like how much they've kept out of landfill and it's really quite impressive. So if you are a regular salon goer, honestly, go to your hairdresser and say, are you guys a sustainable salon? And if they're not, just put on a little gentle, friendly pressure to get them to join up because it doesn't cost them anything. Uh, they can just um, they can go to the website, they can register themselves, and they will be sent information on how to make their own salon um, uh, sustainable. And this, this is not just hairdressers, it's barbers, pet groomers, and any sort of beauty and dermal clinic can do this. So they can they can save they say up to ninety five percent of the waste coming out of these kinds of salons. Wow! So yeah, really cool stuff. Um, so uh, my hair, what they will do is they will plait it. And uh, and they would just chop it, and then they then they send this uh, this chopped ponytail. I call it donating a ponytail um, over to these wig makers, and the wig makers like in between when they have to like you know um, make money to you know pay for their bills and stuff, they will dedicate a little bit of time to working on mm. a donation wig. And uh, and if you have no idea how wigs are made. Go look it up on YouTube. It'll blow your mind how many, I think it's just like thousands of hours because they literally get these tiny, tiny tools and they pick up every single strand of hair individually and they knot it onto a wig, a wig base. So the wig base is like a very, very fine mesh. Mm. And so it has like, you know, little holes. And so they get these little tiny metal tools. They get one hair and they thread it through a hole and they tie it and it's... It is just like mind-numbing, like work. Wow. Yeah, and they have a, <clears throat> obviously microscopes and stuff, so they can see what they're doing. And uh, and it ta- it just takes them it takes them months to finish one wig. So, um, shout out to wig makers, by that the way. Is yeah, who are doing this for free? You know, for people who can't afford it because wigs, um, wigs average about ten thousand dollars a wig, and more if it's longer or fuller. You know, this, this kind yeah. of stuff. So human hair wig that is. Obviously, if you get plastic wigs, you can go to a costume shop and or the dollar store or something. Yeah, but to get like something that actually looks real and not like a clown. Mm-hmm. Like you better like I think it starts around six grand for like a a, a nastier looking one, a I short one. Never known that. That's it. I, I would assume that you know all high end, you know fashion or you know, yeah. skin products like they would be expensive. But six thousand dollars to ten starting 000. price. Yeah. Starting price. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's incredible. Um, they also try and um, recycle the chemicals as well. So they try mm. and, like, divert that from going down the drain. I'm not sure how they go about it. They have, like, uh, tubs, like a plastic bin thing. And so when the the salons sign up for the sustainability program, they can get these these special tubs and they can put their chemical waste in there um, and then they take care of it. So it's a really great program. I'm really ha- – and I just don't know why every hairdresser under the sun isn't doing this. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so they close the loop and, uh, you know, between people who need uh, – like people who are suffering from alopecia, they work with the Alopecia Society and, um, and yeah, so you can find yourself a sustainable salon, get in there, donate your hair and they'll take it away or you just sell it. If you know, if you've never done anything to it, so yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of interesting news, a little bit of something that I'm passionate about. Oh, that's incredible. I had no idea, and of course, I think like many people, until the the Oscars last year, 
I had no idea what alopecia was. Right. Right. Uh, That's a a reference back to, you know, the the Will Smith, Chris Rock, the slap, because he insulted his wife. Yeah. You know, her alopecia. So I have, I I had no idea about this, Uh, but... Yeah, apparently. It's, it's a it's, it's immune a, system disease where basically like your own body attacks your own hair follicles um, and the main symptom of it is hair loss. So your hair starts to fall out. Not like, not just like snap, you're bold. It often just comes out in patches mm. and, and bits and pieces. Um, and people often choose just to shave their heads at that mm. point because it just looks, you know, ill. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Intense. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Oh, Lawson, just killing it this morning, getting everything right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what am I? This was commonly sacrificed to idols. Do you know what it is? Um. You should see some of these answers that have been going through. And <laughs> based on what you've just said, they're all wrong. Okay. Don't, don't, say, don't, don't, I, read the, I, don't read any of them out. I can't, which is sad. But Let me have a look at them and I'll tell you which ones you can't read out. Well, I think all of them are wrong. So if you scroll through them there. But, like, you, yeah, you, none, you're too far. You're too oh, far. I'm going too, the wrong you're way. You're going too far. There, so far, there's nothing right. There's there's nothing. nothing right. There's nothing right. There's in one this that world. was right for yesterday, but um, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you can tell me what am I? This was commonly sacrificed to idols. This one's worth four hundred points. Mm. Get yourself in the draw to win that twin set, the Revive Cafe Cookbooks one and two. And apparently, uh, Pharaoh was you know caught up in this because. You know, uh, Joseph was looking after his house. So, yeah. No, that was about Potiphar. Sorry, Potiphar, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, awesome. You're listening to The Breakfast (laughs) Show. And uh, right now we're continuing on with our news coverage of what's happening in the world. You've got some scary news. You were using the N-word today and I was like... Yeah, a little bit panicked. The N-word. Nuclear, nuclear, blo- nuclear bombs. bombs. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the real N-word. Thank you for clarifying yeah. uh, the N-word that I was using. But listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, uh, we have seen over the last day, you know, press conferences take place, speeches being made from both sides of the Russia-Ukraine war. And by both sides, I mean One side is Vladimir Putin making a speech. The other side is Joe Biden in Warsaw currently in Poland also making a speech. And as I said, the lines have been drawn. They've gone, yep, this this fight is going to continue to rage. And from Joe Biden's perspective, he's like... Well, he, he said one year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kyiv, but today Kyiv stands strong. We have done a fantastic job in responding to the war in Ukraine as NATO, and what we need to do from now on, because Russia's not backing off, is double down and get stuck into it. And, you know, any attack that comes, we need to support Ukraine, uh, which is interesting because mm. it's it's NATO rallying around in the Ukraine. This was the issue. One of the key issues that the war started over was whether the Ukraine was going to join NATO or not, but I think they have fully solidified their position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've become... I don't think they've become a member of NATO, but NATO is supporting them now. So it's it's essentially... They're, Joe Biden, NATO, 
that they've joined the fold. On the other side, you've got Vladimir Putin, who has decided to break the nuclear manufacturing treaty to build more bombs in preparation for war. The question always begs to be asked, if someone's building bombs, what are they for? Exactly. No one builds a bomb just to go on a shelf. Especially when, so between Russia and the United States, that's 90% of the world's warhead stock, nuclear warhead stock, Mm -hmm. between those two countries. And again, there was a treaty in place to to slow down the production of nuclear warheads, because obviously nuclear warheads are very dangerous. They've only been used in combat twice Mm -hmm. in the entire of the history of man. And after those two times they were used in Japan, it forced a surrender of the country and basically the end of World War II. Yeah. And those bombs were, compared to the nuclear bombs we have now, like child's play. Yeah. So... This is a scary situation. And it's also scary because when we think about nuclear bombs like all over in Russia, it seems so far away. But I've, I've read about, a little bit about the science of the nuclear effect. If someone in this day and age drops a nuclear bomb, everybody is getting affected because of what it releases into the um, into the atmosphere. Yeah. Like we're all going to feel the effects of that. Doesn't Abs- matter how far away it is, we're all going to be paying for it. Absolutely. And furthermore as well, you know, in Australia, we're probably the, the best off in terms of a war in Europe because we're the furthest away, yep. which is which is a benefit. But always because of you know political alliance and allies, if something like World War Three breaks out, you know, for example, Russia have just conscripted over the last you know since September to now, they've conscripted three hundred thousand young men into their into their army, so into their military. So, yeah. If the world goes to war, that's what's going to be taking place. Obviously, we can see as Christians, this is a very clear sign of the times, wars and rumors of wars. And I don't want you guys to fret. I don't mm. want you guys to freak out. There, I don't think that there's a nuclear winter on the horizon. I think that there is a 1,000-year winter of total destruction on the earth that comes after Jesus' second coming. Mm. That is what's coming up soon, and that's what we need to worry about. As the Bible says, don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear, fear him who can kill both body and soul in hell. That's and who right. is that? God. Mm-hmm. Fear God. Put God first. And there is not much worry that needs to take place. Obviously, these political situations are scary and difficult and, and but our hard. our God and... is bigger than a nuclear bomb. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, you'll be better off following him, even if a nuclear bomb drops on your head. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Like, Amen. really, if a nuclear bomb drops in your head, well, praise God you decided to follow him. Yeah. You're, you're about to see him. That's amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we also have news. So I wanted to talk about this. This has been an ongoing story uh, in the religious world coming out of the United States, specifically Kentucky and specifically Asbury University. Now, maybe some of our listeners know what's happening in Asbury University, but on the 8th of February, there was, which was over a week ago now, fair, fair bit ago, there was a chapel that was preached at the university. And as a result, someone gave their heart to Jesus. They stood up and they said, I, you know, it was just a 20 minute chapel at the uni. Someone said, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. And this sparked a praise service that has been ongoing since then. Wait, how long? Like, since the 8th, it's now the 22nd. Oh, wow. This has inspired a praise service that has been taking place in shifts. Um, They have been praising, and it's attracted over 15,000 people to the university 
in Kentucky. So people have been coming along to the college and participating to the point where they're no longer doing it on campus. They have split off into groups. Now, Asbury University is a Wesleyan college, which is basically the predecessors to the Methodist Church. They have decided not to go down the road of Methodism because the United Methodist Church in the United States has fully embraced, uh, you know, wokeism, LGBT. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are barely a Christian church. Uh, but the Wesleyans, which is, you know, John Wesley, where the Methodist uh, you, uh, denomination comes from originally, they have actually a large tradition of this kind of thing, revival. In the time of Wesley, actually, the Wesleyans got together and had a continual prayer service for over 100 years. And as a result, that sparked incredible revival across Europe. Is there a hundred years? A hundred years. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing, twenty-four amazing, hours a day. Yeah, they would just they would do in shifts. They would pray. Wow. For a hundred wow. years. Now that sparked incredible revival across Europe during the time of the Protestant and post-Protestant Reformations. You know, throughout the you know, 1800s. But that being said, looking at this revival, and for me, I'm always a wary guy. I'm always a wary guy in the religious space. When anyone stands up and says, we have received the power of the Holy Spirit, I wholeheartedly believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the great need that we have to be filled with it to do his work. Don't get me wrong. But whenever I see something like this and, uh, you know, there's just some a, a compulsion in me. Uh, there is a, a warning, warning bells go off in my head, not because Asbury's done anything wrong, not because these people are bad. I believe that there are people there who are genuinely seeking the Lord, but we know and have seen that the truth is always preceded by counterfeit. I believe the Wesleyan revival that took place during the you know 1700s, I think that that was an incredible revival where God worked reformation throughout Europe, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. That being said, again, I look at a situation like this and I, I always get just a tad bit wary because of the misrepresentation and the misuse of the word Holy Spirit in our day and age. Uh, spiritualism and Pentecostalism and and essentially, yeah, using the Holy Spirit as a tool for pride and gain. I I, I just look at something like this and I'm like, you know, is, is this the Holy Spirit working? Yes, there's lots of people coming. Yes, they're praying for revival. But again, to the word and to the testimony, as the Bible says, we are called to be bastions as well as truth, as well as recipients of the Holy Spirit. So again, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on these guys. I don't want to get angry at these guys. I don't want to say, oh, this is all false and whatnot. But I'm just, what I am saying is seek God, seek his truth. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're going to have a third, a 300 pointer clue for the quiz. What am I? Acts informs us how the Grecian Jews complained because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of this. Ah. Oh, mm. huh, okay. Do you know what it is? Okay. I, maybe. You got some options you've Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think I think I'm sure. I okay. I think I know. 0491-064-669. Uh, tell us what it is and you can be in the prize draw to win the uh, Revive Cafe Cookbook uh, Double Set, the number volumes one and volume two. You can start your collection. Or or if you already have like collected numbers one through seven of these wonderful cookbooks, you could give these as a gift to someone else. Or you could sell them. 
Mother's Day is coming up. No, but you should them. give them. Yeah, that's right. We give them to you for free. You should give them to someone else for free. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, only if you don't use them. Like I would. I would. Like I'm already thinking about Mother's Day. I would absolutely package these oh, up and give them perfect. to my mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell us, what am I? Acts informs us how the Grecian Jews complained because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of this. Now, as I was saying before to this quiz, there's been a bunch of incorrect answers, but now there's people writing in like, I hope it's not blank or I oh, hope it's I hope it's blank because you know pe- <laughs> I, I was thinking the exact same thing with, with that last clue yeah, yeah. people it's not, uh, that. It's, it's not that it's it's not that of course we can't give away any potential answers or what it may or might <laughs> might or might not be but it's interesting I think this has really got people stumped because it's quite it's a little bit a little bit broad a little bit vague a little bit interesting you're listening to the breakfast show and right now we have on the fo- phone on the phone our very own amazing, incredible mental health expert, Jennifer Skews, with us. Jennifer, are you there? I am here. Hello, um, thank you. Oh, Good morning, am- Jennifer. Amazing. Man, I, 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 uh, I, dude, I had all kinds of words coming out of my mouth just then, but I'm glad that I'm with a mental health professional that can <laughs> di- <you> diagnose <laughs> me and put me on the right track as to why I'm saying what I'm saying. Jennifer, <laughs> it's great to have you this morning. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, there's a couple of things. One, as you're probably aware, like many people in Australia, I had COVID. I've recovered mm. really Amen. well. But, yeah, so I'm very grateful for that, and I learned a lot from it. Um, and I do empathise with people out there, and I, anyone who's had it, it's not the best thing to have. But um, one of the side effects or one of the things it did for me, because it wasn't the usual respiratory one, it was more the gut and the brain, but I had very and I kept losing my balance. Of course, I kept falling over, so that wasn't good, but I ended up – going to hospital, and the doctor there told me it was because this virus caused very low sodium levels. Really? which I before. Yeah, I was most – and the way that he helped me to get my sodium levels up, he said, having more sodium won't help. You need to stop drinking and flushing it out. So I was on very limited fluids for the four days. But by day four, my balance was really good again, and I was uh, feeling much better. So I just thought I'd share that because I know a number of people who've had this virus and said they had the vertigo. So anyone listening, get your sodium levels checked, and some of them keep getting it, which I haven't had. It's, it seems to be right now. But if that's the case for you, then it's very easy to treat and you won't have ongoing episodes. So I thought that was worth sharing. That so, is Crazy. Mm. That yeah, is insane. Too. Like not only getting vertigo, but diagnosing it as a sodium lack and then saying, yeah, Oh, and the solution to that is to stop drinking water or to drink water. That is so interesting. I don't I, are there many other treatments in the world other than maybe water intoxication in which you have to stop drinking water to, to survive? Um, not that I'm aware of. That's the first time. Of course, I had a few very thirsty days, but it was worth it. And I knew, you know, I was in good hands and a good doctor, so that was great. Wow. But um, the the type of vertigo I had, because vertigo can be crystals build up in the ear, and mm. you have to then treat that, and I've had that many years ago. But this is where it affects your balance. Mm. So I kept falling over, and that was the problem. Um, yeah. I couldn't get my balance. So. 
But I know, as I said, a number of people who've had that effect from this virus. So um, it's worth getting a blood test and checking it out. So, hmm. Yeah, I had vertigo when I was younger. I was around 11. But that was because I had a concussion. I had, oh, okay. I'd had a, I'd had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, f- for a while, like, I'd actually, I'd, I'd crashed my motorbike. I'd got concussed and broke my <laughs> collarbone. And then, mm-hmm. um, I would lean over to get things and then just like fall over. And, uh, yeah. I had no ability to save myself from falling over because one of my no. arms was slinged up. So I was just, I was just crashing on my head constantly. It was, it was wild. And, you know, people say that that explains a lot about me, but, uh, you know, praise God, praise God for his mercy. I can still live and string words together, you know, semi-competent way for the breakfast show. Now, now, uh, what else have we got to talk about this morning? When I last spoke to everyone, it was in mid January and we started to look at insomnia. And we did look at the causes of insomnia and stages of sleep and brain function and things like that. Mm. Um, And we'll come back to some of the causes. I'll reinforce some of that or what, because in knowing uh, that it's easier to treat uh, insomnia. And Mm. so many people in Australia have sleep problems. They don't sleep well. They don't want to be refreshed. Um, And it's a one of the big major underpinnings of mental emotional health problems. Mm. So when I have a client, it's the first thing I check out. How well do you sleep? Let's mm. check it out. Um, so we're looking at – I just thought I'd talk a little bit about the psychology of sleep because when you have a pattern of not sleeping, it becomes a very what I really call quite a traumatic process because mm. you anticipate you're not going to sleep. So when the evening comes, because normally the mind, like, I, I sleep well, I've had bouts of insomnia, but um, I look forward to it. I think, oh, I have a good sleep. Yeah. Great, yep. Now, people who've had insomnia over a period of time, they dread the night. You know, they go, oh, no. And the, often the thoughts I have, oh, I wonder if I'll sleep tonight. I bet I won't sleep well and I'll feel terrible tomorrow and mm. I've got to do it. So they preempt. And as soon as the, it gets a bit dark and the sun goes down, this sort of thinking kicks in. Mm. Well, several things happen. One, when you when your brain tells your body it's not going to sleep, it actually stops the production of melatonin. So your melatonin levels need to go up, and when the sun goes down, melatonin in the brain increases, and it peaks around 11, 11.30, then it drops off. Mm. Melatonin sets us up to sleep. So when you feel sleepy, that's melatonin. And it's a chemical in the brain that is essential for a good sleep. Now, if you don't go to bed before it finishes its peak, which is before, at least before 11 o'clock, mm. then you will have that. People say, oh, I get my second win. I don't go to bed till midnight and I can't sleep. Well, that's because the melatonin has now declined. Mm. So it's important one that we go to bed earlier, whether you're tired or not. Um, and uh, I find if people read something that isn't stimulating and until they get tired and go to sleep, there's things you can do. Mm. But it's important that you get the brain into that cycle. Mm. And this is where I then have to get people to start thinking differently um, and maybe see sleep as Instead of sleeping, I'm going to go to bed and relax tonight. We look at mm. all the things that we can do to relax because often when you relax, you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I don't know if either of you have had that problem before. Yeah, actually, and you were the one who helped me through it, and you taught me, um, uh, you know, a little routine. And I, I actually like it's true about the whole like you're dreading the night coming because you think, oh, I'm not going to get any sleep. And so you really helped me through it. And I actually now love my little pre sleep routine. I, I go into like a little thing where I make my lavender and chamomile tea, yep. and then I have my little. Um, Oh, what's the, um, have some magnesium and I, you know, yeah. I put the lavender drops on my bedspread and like, I, I, I really quite like it now. You look forward to it. I, That's right, yeah. I have been regarded as someone who has a special talent for being able to sleep at any time and anywhere <laughs> on anything in any situation. Uh, and I, it's, it's mostly true. Like I, I really have the ability to, to fall asleep anywhere. Now that could be a problem. Uh, if I'm just falling asleep all the time and, yeah. uh, maybe it's a, I don't know, some kind of sign of fatigue or something, but for the most part, it served me well because yeah, what, oh. <laughs> yeah explains that's, that, that explains it, but it's, it's actually interesting. It's, it's, it's be, it made itself very, it's a very pragmatic thing in my thing in my life because I can jump on the plane. I was on a domestic yeah. flight the other day flying with yeah. Virgin. And if you know about those planes, they are yeah. a, sardine can yet yep. yet despite Absolutely. being squashed between two people i was in the middle as well uh yeah, I, just, I just fell asleep i just fell asleep i just said all right i'm sleeping close my eyes and bam i'm i'm gone, gone. so i yeah. i've been really blessed in that sense but at the same time i can also like i've also stayed up late especially yeah. under stress um yes. thinking about the next day and like all oh, these things i need to do and oh i need to get good sleep oh but i can't sleep because i'm thinking too much like I, i've been in that situation as as well and, and i'd love to know because people who have general insomnia it doesn't seem like they're stressed about the next day but rather stressed about the night itself and it seems as though to me it's that stress and yeah that uh well you have that you know, conscious stress that is now affecting the subconscious? Well, there are a couple of things there that you've come up with. One is I find there seems to be a gender difference in sleeping in that men seem to sleep a lot better and a lot easier unless they're very stressed or they're using something that um, I have an addiction or something that interferes with the sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. And that's because Female brains are much busier. They're more emotionally focused and they do a lot more thinking, whereas the male brain finds it much easier just to switch off, focus, that's it, sleep time, go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a difference. It doesn't mean men don't have insomnia, but I find women seem to have a predominance. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, what was your other question? Sorry, i have just... Oh, I was I was just saying, yeah, it just seems as though stress is the big factor there and that the conscious has the ability to then affect yes. the subconscious. Well, see, with stress, you're producing a lot of adrenaline and cortisol, which charges the system. You know what it's like when you're on adrenaline. Mm -hmm. You're a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I think, from sure. what we've discussed before. Absolutely. So you can't go to bed and sleep when you've got adrenaline. So this is where doing things like, you know, um, the lavender oil, doing some breathing, calming the heart, because when the heart rate's up, the brain can't focus and settle and go to sleep. So I get people to, when they go to bed, is just to rub the heart. When you put your hand on your heart, it calms it down. You can put both your hands on your heart and just breathe slowly in, out, to about the count of five, and just 
feeling the calming of the heart as you're doing that, focusing on the heart. And you usually drop to sleep when that happens. Mm. So once identifying what is causing this, am I worrying about something? Am I thinking I must remember to do this? Well, write it down, get up, write it down, go back to bed. So depending on the circumstances, that person, this is where identifying those factors and uh, getting them to change it makes a huge difference. Mm. And this is what uh, Monica was talking about, being able to use things that um, make a difference. Can I just ask, I've seen a lot on social media and, um, you know, on the internet lately about weighted blankets. Does that have, like, yeah. when you said about the rubbing your chest, you know, having that pressure on your chest, is that, I don't know, is that somehow related it would be related. Weighted blankets are used for people who have trauma and are living in a lot of trauma still. They're constantly on edge. And the weighted blanket, it, one, it makes them feel safe and secure because it wraps them up, but it would also put some pressure on which um, because it would be on that area which could probably help. So using the weighted blanket and doing the breathing really helps to shift that trauma. Oh, so because I, I often read reviews saying people feel a lot calmer and secure and safer under a weighted blanket, and I was like, oh, why? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Animals, animals do too. If you wrap them up like they, that's one of the techniques. If they don't like thunder or whatever, is to put. Uh, they've got special vests you can buy that give that pressure that help calm the animals. So it definitely works. Oh. It's interesting. Oh. Okay, so we've got some solutions then. Just, you know, uh, chuck a couch on top of you when you sleep or something else that's heavy <laughs> and uh, and apparently you'll you'll be out like a light. Praise God. No, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer, thank you for spending some time with us and revealing to us how it is that we can have great sleep. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.